Namaste, everyone, and welcome to the second part of the Wednesday Anchor Light Meditation. So we'll just continue on with the lecture we had this morning. Well, if you want to call it a lecture, just a short talk before we, before we do our meditation. Um, so essentially, your inner world and your outer world. Let's just talk a little bit about that. A lot of people like to talk about, you know, you change your internal condition, which affects the external condition. So different people refer to this uh, using different types of terminology, okay? So when they say the inner worlds, it doesn't mean like <laughs> inside your body. So your inner world is a metaphor to talk about the energy world, the invisible world. And the external world is what you can feel and touch. And this has to do with many, many things. Uh, the easiest way to, to explain it to someone who's new, because I know a lot of you are joining us, you know, you were in UPW and you have friends that told friends and some of you were dragged by your friends and right, sit there and listen. So, you know, we have to address everyone from someone who's very, very new about energy and meditation all the way to people who are very, very advanced. So just be patient. So when you say the inner worlds, basically it's describing the energy world, the stuff that you cannot see physically. And this also has to do with frequency and vibration. So anything you can touch vibrates very low. That's why you can feel it and touch it. And that's your physical body, your physical body. Your emotions, you cannot see them. You can see the effects on someone's face and their physiology, but you cannot see like when somebody screams at you, you don't see like, Ooh, okay? Of course, if someone who can see energy, they can see that. Those are emotions. And then you have thoughts that vibrates even higher, right? So for example, when you're with someone, you could feel when they're happy, they're sad, you know, especially a lot of you are very sensitive, right? You can feel it, but you don't necessarily know what they're thinking. But physically, you can see them move their hands, their body. Okay, there's a physical. That's obvious. It's tangible. Vibrating higher is the emotions. So if you're sensitive, you could feel, yeah, you know, yeah, this person doesn't like me or this person likes me, right? And as you go up in vibration, frequency, you know, they could be a poker face. They look at you. They may smile. They do. You don't know what's in their head because thoughts vibrate higher than emotions. So when you talk about your inner world, you're talking about things beyond the physical body. So the emotions and thoughts are part of your inner world, okay? Now, the problem is people don't realize that you don't stop there. It doesn't stop where, okay, I'm meditating, I'm not gonna move my body. Oh, my emotions are coming down. My thoughts are becoming quiet. That's not the end uh, result you're looking for. That's just the start. Because without that, you couldn't go any higher. One is a stepping stone to the other, okay? So from there, you basically go from immobilizing the body, calming the emotions, quieting the mind, and then you go into stillness. Stillness does not happen until all these three below it that are vibrating lower are not moving. Now, for most people, just to be quiet, just to be emotional calm is already hallelujah, right? Okay. Nope, that's just a stepping stone. When you get to stillness, again, a lot of people think, wow, I'm experiencing stillness, that's the end result. Nope, that's when you start on your spiritual path. You go, what? I thought that's, like, that's when I get become still. No, that is the prerequisite. That's the first floor, <laughs> okay? You can see why most people on the, in the general public, for them it's like, oh, what? Calm my emotions, quiet my mind, ah! 
Stillness? I have no clue what that is. Exactly the point. So the way my teacher explained it, he said, stillness is not the end result or the objective. St uh, stillness is just a stepping stone to higher spiritual activity. You say, what the heck is spiritual activity? Haven't you noticed sometimes you're talking to someone and you just know something without them telling you something, without you feeling it, without any physical evidence or whatever, you just know. So how do you know? Aha, uh -huh. that's called intuition. But intuition is also divided in many, many different types. There's intuitive intelligence. There's in intuitive intelligence with form and intuitive intelligence with no form. You go, now I lost you. So intuition, which a lot of people like to throw around and you ask them what it is, most people just say, oh, I just know stuff. That's it. No. Knowing stuff alone is not good enough. You need to know where it came from and how to apply it. So the way my teacher explained this is you first have to understand what intuition. Intuition, the closest thing to it is called direct knowing. Direct knowing. In other words, knowing without having to study. In other words, you're talking to someone, there's no indication that they are, I don't know, I just make something up, uh, that they just have a new house. Okay? No indication. They never told you they're looking for one. It doesn't show in their body language. You have no evidence what it is. They've never told you. you don't feel it. You just suddenly know, oh, are you looking for a house? You go, how the heck did you know? Okay. Intuition means you know without having to gather any data to get there. It's a pure signal coming down to your crown. Now, without the body, the emotions and thoughts becoming still, that energy, that information coming in, it's met with static or noise. So that's why a lot of people have a lot of information coming into them. But because the emotions and the thoughts are in such chaos, it's just like the way we do it in class. We usually, you know, if we have a class with 50, 100 people, and the example my teacher taught me how to do it's like this. You call one person to stand up in the front of the room, okay? And you tell one person in the back of the room, you know, you talk about 30, 40 feet away, and you say, okay, you, you're supposed to listen to everything that guy is saying and repeat it to me, okay? Now, I, I yelled, well, I have a microphone, tell the other person, I said, okay, you, s talk loud enough that he could hear you and just say anything, tell a story, you know, nursery rhyme, whatever. So let's just try it. Okay, say something. So he talks, so we modulate, make sure that he can, you can hear? Okay. Okay, start. So that guy starts talking, blah, 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 so, 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 yesterday I did this, I did that. So this person's listening, uh-huh, uh-huh. And suddenly I go like this. Okay, everybody in the room, start talking. So everybody goes, and you see the other guy going, and this goes. And then by the time we're done, I give you like 30 seconds. Okay, okay, stop. What did he say? He goes, all I heard was the first three sentences, then all this noise and I can't hear. Exactly the point. Just imagine all these people in the room are the thoughts and emotions inside a person's aura. That guy over there is your higher soul, your guide, your teacher, your angel, great spiritual masters. This guy over here is the soul trying to listen to all these brilliant, wonderful ideas coming in, all these uh, realizations that come in, but it cannot get through the noise. Make sense? 
That's why without immobilizing the body, calming the emotions, quieting the mind, intuition cannot get through. Because without the emotions, the thoughts in the body becoming still, even though the signal's coming in, it gets mixed up with the noise. Here's the good news. You remember this morning, change your energy, change the person or change the energy, change the people? If you take it one step further, as far as we're concerned, you change your energy, you change your inner world, which will change your outer world. Of course, Tony Robbins talks to the general public, so he doesn't say those things, although he does say, oh yeah, your inner world and your outer world, but he stops there. He doesn't go any further because not everybody knows more about it, but in our private, private conversations, we talk about it because he meditates. So what happens is, he says, when you get to that state, that creative state, oh, so he uses the term state because he's talking to the general public. You guys... I don't have to use words like that because you understand that when your mind, your emotions are in such calmness and, what's the word, being so quiet, it's almost experiencing nothing, no mind. Remember you guys, you know, Tom Cruise, what's that many years ago, The Last Samurai? You know, he's getting beat up by, the, by all the Japanese dudes. And finally, one of the guys who took pity on practice no mind. He goes, what? He gets hit again. No mind. No mind means what? Emotionally, mentally, it's blank. It's quiet. Once it's quiet, then knowingness comes in. So that's when, okay, you guys can go watch a movie. I know you guys like Tom Cruise. Right? He goes like this. So his mind is empty. That means there's no thoughts, no emotions, no expectations of anything. And when the sword is coming in, of course, wooden sword. Otherwise, there won't be a movie. He is able to move. No mind. In fact, in the Japanese tradition, there's a video you can see it on YouTube. I forgot what it's called. The, you know ninjutsu? It's also called taijutsu. Ninjutsu, you know like ninjas? Like ninja, turtle, except human? Okay. <laughs> there's this test. Some of you probably know the name. So they sit like this, you know, in a kneeling position. And then the teacher or someone behind them would hold a wooden sword, a stick, or, you know, whatever. And then, without no, without anything, as in, the person sitting down be still, out of nowhere, the sword comes down. And you watch a video, it's amazing, huh? they just turn. How do they know? First, they empty their mind. Because without emptying the mind, you cannot sense the signal. You cannot sense the energy of the person trying to hit you. It's fascinating. So, that said, I'm sharing this with you because without controlling your inner world, Whatever chaos is in the inner world will manifest in the outer world. That's why people try to fix their outer world and the inner world with drugs, with, I don't know, smoking, alcohol. Basically, they're just numbing the heck out of everything. But they're not fixing the chaos. It's just like, okay, this is going to sound really dumb. Let's say there are cockroaches all over. Some of you go, ooh. Okay, forget cockroach, mice. Whatever stuff that is you don't like. Okay? <laughs> so just imagine the cockroaches, mice, and everything else around you. You go, you turn the lights off. No more mice, no more cockroach. That's what people do when they use substances 
to fix their problem. It does not go away. That's why people are stressed out. They're angry. They, they, they keep drinking. They take drugs. They do this, they do that. They think they're fixing it. It's just like you have cockroach and mice everywhere and you turn the lights off. No more problem. Get the idea? But it works. Yeah, for how long? At some point it becomes addiction. And then, <laughs> when you finally have some realization, you realize it doesn't work and you start noticing the mice and the cockroach are all over you now. Sounds familiar? So, I'm sharing this with you because most people think meditation is just one of those, yeah, I'm stressed out, so I need to quiet my mind. No! When you do your meditation, your spiritual practice, you are literally controlling your inner world to have a manifestation in the outer world. Even prosperity. Some people, you know, they think if they just work a little harder, if they think they just, uh, I don't know, they're a little, more, a little smarter, they can, their finances will be, order, be in order. But if their inner belief system is that they don't, they're not worthy, or they think spirituality and money are, are enemies, or they think that they're destined to, to be poor, none of the external stuff work because the inner world will eventually creep <laughs> up and manifest in the outer world. So spirituality and spiritual practice is trying to put your inner world in order. So it's not just, yeah, it'd be nice, I'd like to quiet my mind. Now, unfortunately, for a lot of people, they only get serious about their spiritual practice when all hell breaks loose. Because you can always expect, you want people to get the most number of people praying if there's a crisis. Suddenly, people become spiritual. You notice that? All of us been there. When everything you can do, you know, all your skill, all your money, all your resources, nothing works. You go, Lord God, help me out, please. Sounds familiar? No, at least in the big picture, everybody gets spiritualized. Here's my question to you. Wouldn't it be great if before all hell break, breaks loose or things go bad or things don't go your way, you have that solid connection to spirit, to God, to your teachers, to your soul, to your angels. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you're solid inside. So when something happens outside, you're able to step back, look at it. Hmm. Well, the Buddha said everything is subject to change. All right, what's going on? What are my options? And you're able to do it calmly and with much clarity. And so you can help other people. Some people think that they suddenly become spiritual and all that only when there's a crisis. Oh yeah, you will afterwards. But the likelihood of you staying in control is kind of small. All of us have been there before. And so when you develop a routine to put your inner world in order, the inner world will eventually manifest in the outer world. So when you hear the Hermes Trigus, Miss, I don't even know how to say his name, um, the great, great teacher, as above, so below. So when you say above and below, it doesn't mean what's on the second floor is also on the first floor. No. <laughs> Up as above and below, they talk about the many ways to look at it. One is frequency. One is dimensions. When you say lower dimensions, you talk about tangible dimensions. Higher dimensions are 
dimensions that vibrate so much higher that they cannot see by the naked eye. But a lot of you are able to experience that higher dimension doing meditation or in your dream state. Because at that time, you are going beyond the body. So you're going beyond the frequency of the tangible world and lifting to the intangible world. That's why a lot of you, when you're meditating, some of you don't feel your bum on the, or butt on the chair. You feel like you're floating. And some of you doing meditation, it's just like, hey, how come the ground is getting further and further away? You know, just like a rocket going up. <laughs> you look at the earth. Hey, that earth is becoming smaller. As some of you in meditation have actually experienced, or actually uh, at night, what you see in movies where, you know, like a near-death experience type of deal, when they're floating on top of their body in the operating room. Hey, that's my body. What the heck am I doing here? Or some of you actually have done that before. You're doing meditation. You see like, hey, how come this room looks different? Hey, I'm floating on top of the room. Ah! You come back. <laughs> have you had experience before? Some of you go, hey, how do you know this stuff? These are all experiences of the soul. And when you do your meditation and spiritual practice, at some point, it becomes conscious. You know, some of you, are thinking, oh yeah, I've done astral, I took astral projection class and this. Some of you it worked, some of you didn't. Well, guess what? I got great news for you. Whether you took those classes or not, and I'm not saying don't take them, you can take it if you like. You do it every night for free. It's called dreaming. <laughs> every night you do it. But I don't remember anything. You remembering it and it happening are two different things. Just because your brain and nervous system did not register it, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It happened. That's why in the morning, some of you wake up, when your body wakes up, you go, oh, what a night. I felt like I worked all night by it. I feel exhausted. And you think about it, wait, slept for eight hours, and yet woke up exhausted. That doesn't make much sense. Or some of you, Wake up in the morning, right? Body wakes up in the morning, and you go, I went somewhere, and I studied. I saw this, I saw that, I felt this, I felt that. And somebody asks you, what do you remember? Nothing. <laughs> right? And then during that day, the following day, you took a class, you're online, you go, hey, wait a minute. This information is new to me, but it's not really new to me. It sounds... It feels familiar. Or you go to a class, you meet someone, you go, sitting next to you, you go, you look familiar. After the end of the day, you go, I just met you today, but it seems like we've known each other for years. You know why? At night, when the soul leaves the body, at least a big part of it, part of it's left in the body, we'll talk about that in the Achieving Oneness class, okay? The, the, the mechanism behind it. The soul goes to one of two places. Or sometimes both, depends on how much energy you have. One is to do service. You go out and help a lot of people, a lot of souls who are in torment. You minister to them, you heal them, and so on and so on. It's part one. Part two, the soul goes to inner schools. And you don't get to choose. Don't be so arrogant. I want to go here. Yeah, right. Your higher soul decides where you go and your inner teacher does. Don't be saying, I want to go here, I want to go there. The highest will go, you dumbass. I decide, not you. <laughs> anyway, here's my point. 
just to put it more practically, if you notice you get up in the morning and the body feels exhausted, it's because when the higher soul one did some service on its way back, or when it came back, it took, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Because some of you are allergic to this word. You brought back some dirty energy. It's just like, you know, you're, you're, you're working construction. Your hands are clean. You go out, you do construction work. No matter how much you come, you clean your hands when you come back, there's still some mud in your hands or in your nails. So what happens when a soul travels, does service, especially if they're working with people who are very sick or emotionally in pain, beings that are in torment, they get partially contaminated with lower frequencies. So when they come back into the body, some of that energy, um, let's just say, went into the aura and the chakras. So when your body wakes up, your chakras are not swinging so quickly because it's partially clogged. That's why your body feels tired. Here's the good news. The solution is, you just take a salt water shower, as in take fine salt, put some salt in your body, you know, wash it off, you know, scrub, wash it off, you're gonna feel invigorated. Because it's just a thin layer, like a, like a gray cloud. Wash it off, you get out of the shower, you feel, you feel great. That's all, very simple. Now, the studying part, if you don't remember, it's just a matter of, there's two things. One, your brain and nervous system is not used to those frequencies. So all you have to do is to force your brain to register it. Now, how do you do that? You guys know it already. You start writing. Because a lot of people say, oh, when I write it so I don't forget it. Mm, it has nothing to do with memory. Most people think you write it because you want to be remembering stuff. No, it's not a memory issue. Your dream happened within last how many hours your body was asleep. If it's a memory issue, you should not remember anything yesterday, the day before, or last week. Isn't it? So when you write, write it down, many things are happening. You're forcing your brain and your nervous system to register that frequency, tap into it, interpret it, and you write it. This process happens automatically. So the more you write, you notice the more you write, oh yeah, and that too. Oh yeah, when I met that person, he said that, and you just go, for somebody who didn't remember anything, I wrote pages. That same technique you can use after a deep meditation. Same thing. That's why a lot of times in, um, in Grandmaster Cho's classes, after a deep meditation, you come back, what did you experience? Some people say, I saw unicorns, I saw a rainbow, I saw this, I saw that. And then he or she says, okay, okay, take out your notebook, start writing. People go, hey, what? Write your experiences. And people say, Master, but I didn't experience anything. Hey, just write. <laughs> the funny part is, people say, I didn't experience anything, I don't remember anything. They wrote pages. Because you're training the brain nervous system. That's the first part. The second part, which we'll cover uh, in the Achieving Oneness class, or you can get the book, or I'm not going to cover it here simply because it's too far for people, but I'll at least introduce it. There's this energy called Kundalini. No, it's not Italian. It's not Kundalini, Tortellini, and Spaghettini. Kundalini is Sanskrit, okay? So this Kundalini energy is actually a frequency, a power source located in the lower part of your spine. And it's basically um, a sensitizing agent. It sensitizes. So whatever it touches, that air becomes more sensitive. So as that energy goes up to your brain and your nervous system, your brain and nervous system become more sensitive to those higher frequencies. So you can say, oh yeah, my Kundalini is awakened. I saw the light. Uh, the light's always been there. You just can't see it because your instruments were too dull. So as that Kundalini energy touches it, it kind of 
makes it more sensitive. Okay? You go, wait, you're making it too simple. I've read books and books and Kundalini. And? Yeah, people have headache, they have this pain and that pain. Oh, they have these great experiences too. I'll tell you what. Let's make it really simple for you, shall we? And then after this, we'll go into the meditation. Its job is to sensitize your brain and nervous system to register what? The spiritual frequencies coming down from your teachers, your guides, your soul, from God, and so on and so on. Uh, where is it in that equation that these great spiritual teachers and high beings will give you pain, headache, nausea, and all the back pain, headache? Where? Well, yeah, you're right. Exactly the point. So why is it that most people write about all these negative experiences with Kundalini? Because as the energy went up, on its way up, every stop that it goes through, which is a blockage, it will amplify it. So if a person has a block in the lower back, the lower back will get worse. If the person has a lot of emotional pain, the Kundalini will also magnify it. So in other words, on its way up, the dirtier the aura is, the more pain and negative experience the person has. Until finally gets to the head. Oh, an explosion of light. Here's my question. Wouldn't that be more interesting for you to experience all the bliss and the love without the pain? Or you want the pain to make it more worthwhile? Exactly the point. So much has been written on it that uh, unfortunately, most people are looking for the negative experience to say that they had an awakening. Nope. That's how you read most books. That's what they talk about. 90% of what's in the book is, I had this pain, that pain, blah, 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 so on, so on, so on. And then finally go, yeah, I experienced the intense, unconditional love. What if you can bypass all the crap and get to that part? Isn't it? Okay, what are you trying to sell me? Nothing. Because when you do the meditation we guide you in, that process is happening for you. But I'll explain it to you for some of you who want to know the process. Most people stimulate the energy from the bottom up. When you do meditation twin hearts, when you do a great invocation or great invocation or, or meditations that really stretch your crown and your upper chakras, the divine energy coming down will clear the pipeline. So by the time it hits the bottom of your spine and awakens this Kundalini energy even more, it goes up through a pipeline that has been cleaned before. So you get to the bliss, the love, and all the goody-goody stuff, minus the pain. Mind blown yet? <laughs> so when I first learned this from my teacher, I sat there, you know, I'm an engineer, right? I'm going, yeah, that makes sense. If it amplifies everything, why won't you? Why do you want to amplify all the pain and all the blockages to get to the good part? Why don't you clean all the crap out of it so that when things get amplified, it only amplifies the good stuff? Anybody with common sense would know that. Here's the problem. That technique worked in ancient times where most people at that time, the ore and the chakras are cleaner. In this day and age, people are stressed out. 
they look at the news, they have that problem, that problem, and so on, so on. So there are a lot of mini or more or major blockages. So when that use the same technique as ancient times to simulate from the bottom up, guaranteed pain. Or you find yourself a teacher who just tells you, by the way, you just flip the whole concept around, start from the top going down instead of the bottom up. Problem solved. I know what you guys are saying. It's that simple. I don't have to travel to the Himalayas and look for a guru and all that. They'll tell you the same darn thing. So if you want to learn more about it, you have more than enough information. Okay, but if you want to learn more about it, it's in this book. Achieving Oneness with the Higher Soul. And the class that we're teaching at the end of the month, 3031, is Achieving Oneness with the Higher Soul and Self-Pranic Healing. That's what we're talking about. Well, that's, that's why I'm going into detail about the seven layers. By the way, those seven layers is interesting. huh? You notice anything with power oftentimes has number seven in it. Even Samson and Delilah in the Old Testament, remember he has superpowers? You go back to your Old Testament, his power came from seven locks of hair. You just do some research. Anyway, to summarize what we're talking about, we went off on a tangent, I apologize. When we do our meditation spiritual practice, it's cleansing the aura and the chakras, disintegrating all these negative thoughts and emotions and the noise. When that noise is flushed out, you're left with calmness and clarity. And then from there, if you just let go, you go into stillness. When you're in stillness, you're now at that platform, ready to see even higher, higher and higher frequencies. Now here's the interesting part. Watch the sequence. The emotions vibrate higher than the body. So by controlling the body, you are slowly controlling the emotions. As your emotions start to calm down, the mental faculty starts to wake up. When the mental faculty calms down, then everything becomes still, then intuition wakes up. So for a lot of you who want to be intuitive, if you want a shortcut, I'll give you the shortcut. Because all these people, oh yeah, I'm very intuitive. Yeah, but do you notice that when you're emotionally upset, your intuition is nowhere to be found? Exactly. So this might motivate some of you to, mod to meditate and do your spiritual practice more. If you truly want to awaken the intuitive faculty within you, you have to learn to calm your emotions and quiet your mind. And it's not going to work with drugs. Now we work with smoking weed. <laughs> that can only get you so far. The secret is work. Spiritual work. Sit your ass down. Do the proper practice. From there, it's like you're opening the heavens. So the signal can come in. That's how you change your inner world to affect a change in your outer world. Let's meditate. By the way, in the Chinese tradition, they call meditation many names. One of them is Qing Zuo. Some of you who speak Chinese, Qing Zuo. Qing is quiet. Zuo is sit. Oh, what can I do with standing up? You can, but when you're standing up, part of you are still conscious of not having to fall. Well, if that's the case, I'll just lay down. No, if you lay down, your body falls asleep. 
That's why sit and meditate. To the Divine Supreme God, Divine Father, Mother, to all the spiritual elders, holy masters, saints, archangels, holy angels, and spiritual helpers, personally to my teacher, Master Tawakoksui, Mahaguja Meiling, we thank you for divine light, love, guidance, help, healing, and divine protection. Thank you for your mercy, your compassion. Thank you for awakening the love, the light, the power within us that we may be able to serve others. We thank you in full faith, and so it is. All right, we'll do the great invocation. We talked about it this morning in other sessions. Essentially, the great invocation awakens the love aspect within you, the will aspect within you, and the intelligence aspect within you. All right? We'll go to the entire thing. Well, not entire, the more complete one. So we recited three times, three sessions, okay? In other words, it's a, you know, how many sentences? We do it three sets. First set, when we say point of, point of light within the mind of God, uh, from the point of light within the, the from the point of light within the mind of God, you're gonna focus on your throat and your hands as you bless the earth. When we say from the point of love within the heart of God, you focus on your heart and your hands. We'll guide you through this. And then from there, from the center where the will of God is known, you focus on your Ajna Chakra, or most people mistakenly call the third eye. Because the real third eye is up here. We'll cover that in a second. Again, light or intelligence, love. Will, okay, or power. The second time we recite it, the energy moves upwards. From the point of light within the mind of God, from the point of love, the forehead chakra is now love. Instead of this love, it's higher form of love. From the point of love within the heart of God. So you focus on your forehead and your hands. From the center of the will, where the will of God is known, you focus here. I know some, some of you, or a lot of you, are just new, so you've learned about the seven chakras. That's good. That's your starting point. Later on, you will learn you have at least 11 major centers and hundreds of smaller ones. Okay, don't get fixated on seven chakras. Another time, we'll talk about it. So, first recitation, point of light within the mind of God, point of love within the heart of God, center where the will of God is known. Second recitation, second round, from the point of light, from the point of love, and then will. Okay? Now, the third one, I should keep going up. This part, we'll just call it special sauce. In other words, it's done for you. You'll be guided. You don't have to do anything, but a lot of you who are sensitive will sense a lot of activity above your head. Okay? All right, let's do it. Okay, put your hand like this. <clears throat> you know what? I got a better idea. Let's intensify the connection. Put your hand this way. Put your attention on your crown. I am that. I am. I'm not the body. I'm not the emotion. I'm not the thoughts. I am the soul. I am a spiritual being of divine intelligence, divine love, and divine power. I am that. The soul. I am connected in one to my higher soul. I am connected in one to the divine spirit in me. I am a child of God. I am one with God. I am one with all. There is only oneness. Just leave your awareness above your crown. Listen, you're not the body, you're not the emotion, you're not the thoughts, you're the soul. You're connected in one to your higher soul. You're connected in one to the divine spark within you. You are a child of God. You're one with God. You're one with all. 
so it is. Just be still. Say, I am that. Maintain your stillness. Maintain your state of oneness. Open your hands in blessing. Visualize the earth in front of you. We're going to chant Om three times verbally. Om. throat and your hands and project light to the earth. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of every person, every being. Let light descend on earth. Now be aware of your throat and your hands and bless every person, every being on earth, the entire earth, with understanding, with divine intelligence, clarity, and discernment. So be it. Be aware of your heart and your hands. Project love to the earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love swim forth into the hearts of every person, every being. Let love descend throughout the entire earth. Bless every person, every being on earth with peace, with love, with sweetness, with kindness with mercy and compassion for all. Continue being aware of your heart and your hands. Now be aware of the air in between your eyebrows, your Ajna Chakra and your hands. From the center where the will of God is known, let divine purpose guide the wills of every person, every being, the purpose which the Holy Masters and the hierarchy of light know and serve. Let goodwill and the willingness to do good Descend throughout the entire earth. Be aware of your Ajna Chakra in between your eyebrows and your hands. Bless every person, every being on earth with goodwill. Not just intending it or talking about it, but actually taking massive action on helping others and the environment. So be it. You might feel a pressure in between your eyebrows, your throat and your heart. Those chakras are being stretched open to allow Massive amounts of love, intelligence, and will to flow through you, to flow through us. Again, be aware of the air in between your eyebrows and your hands. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of every person, every being. Let light descend on earth. May all be blessed with understanding, with wisdom, with clarity, with discernment. So be it. Be aware of your forehead, close to the hairline. From the point of love, 
Within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of every person, every being. Let love descend toward the entire earth. Be aware of your forehead and your hands. Bless all beings of the earth with unconditional love, with kindness, with sweetness, with mercy and compassion for all. So be it. You might feel a pressure on your forehead, a stretching. Just allow the energy to flow through and out of your hands. Be aware of your crown in your hands. From the center where the will of God is known, let divine purpose guide the wills of every person, every being, the purpose which the holy masters and the spiritual hierarchy know and serve. Let goodwill and the willingness to do good descend throughout the entire earth, so be it. Just be aware of your crown and keep blessing people with goodwill. Not just having the intention of being good, but actively taking action. So be it. For the third round, put your awareness above your crown. Just put your attention like floating above your head. Be still and let the energy flow through you. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of every person, every being. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of every person, every being. Let love descend on earth. May God's messenger of love descend on earth now. So be it. From the center where the will of God is known, let divine purpose guide the wills of every person, every being, the purpose which the holy masters know and serve. Let goodwill and the willingness to do good descend throughout the entire earth now, so be it. From the center which we call the human race and all the different races, let the plan of love and light work out and may permanently seal the door where any evil dwells. Let light, love, and power descend throughout the entire earth. Let light, love, and power restore the divine plan on earth. Now, so be it. Some of you feel your hands are vibrating. That's all the energy flowing through us. The earth is in need. It's like a plant that hasn't had water in years. The earth is in need of divine love, divine intelligence, and divine will. Allow ourselves to be one of the major channels for these blessings to flow to the earth. Bless your family, your friends, the city you live in, the state, the country. Let it spread throughout the entire world. You can focus your energy in the USA. This country really needs it. With all the chaos and everything, let there be peace, let there be order, let there be divine, unconditional love. May people be blessed with wisdom, understanding, and discernment. May people of goodwill be empowered. May the people of ill will be disempowered. So be it. Let's chant Om to seal the energy. 
on your lap, just be still. Gently, slowly, very gently and slowly, come back to your body. Gently move your fingers, move your toes, gently and slowly come back. Raise your hands in blessing again. Let's release the excess energy, shall we? First, bless your family, people you love, with good health, with much happiness, with prosperity, and with spirituality. So be it. May these blessings spread to the people you love, your relatives, your friends, even to your people you work with. Bless them. Bless them with golden light. So be it. May all be blessed. So it is. Now aim your hands down. Beware of your hands, your feet, and the base of your spine. Project golden light down into the earth. At least 20, 30 feet down and make it spread everywhere. And verbally repeat after me. Let our beloved Mother Earth be blessed with divine light, divine love, and divine power. Let our beloved Mother Earth be healed, regenerated, and revitalized. Blessings be to Mother Earth. So be it. So be it. So it is. Keep blessing. May all be blessed. So it is. To the Supreme God, Divine Father, Mother, thank you. To all the spiritual elders, holy masters, saints, archangels, holy angels, spiritual helpers, thank you for your immense blessings. Personally, to my teacher, Master Talkok Sri Mahagu Jamailing, thank you. In full faith, so it is. All right. That was intense. At some point, I had to remind myself, oh, you better come back. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be gone for a while. Anyway, I hope everybody's all right. If it was too much for you, then come back and do it again. <laughs> that, that's my philosophy. If something is too much, you keep doing it. That doesn't make sense. You back off. That's not in my vocabulary. My vocabulary is always charged forward. <laughs> so, 
What if things explode? Then you back off a little bit and you keep going again. Anyway, so after we're done, get up, do exercises. Don't just lay down there. You're going to get super congested. The energy is going to get sucked. Get up, do exercises to assimilate that energy. Okay? So I think today's Wednesday. I think today's Wednesday. No, today's Monday. <laughs> okay. So we will see you Wednesday morning, same, and Wednesday evening. Okay? And for the ones who didn't catch it this morning or didn't catch it the uh, other time, this is the introduction to Panic Self-Healing as well as Achieving Oneness with the Higher Soul. Uh, that's a workshop of almost two hours. I think it's two hours. It's uh, myself and uh, one of our best instru instructors, Chandan Paramswara. He'll talk about how to use energy for healing. I talk about the soul. And then when you merge the two, you're able to access that unlimited spiritual energy to use it to heal yourself and heal others. Okay? I think that's it. So you all take care. Have a wonderful night or day wherever you are in the world. And stay peaceful, stay safe, and we will see you on Wednesday. Namaste.